Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. Today on the Ether, New Osmosis Incentives Model AMA, featuring Hathor Nodes. Hosted by the Osmosis Community Updates account. Let's take a listen. Welcome, everyone. Um, I think I just cut the music on unintentionally. My apologies. Uh, this is our first Twitter spaces. This is a uh, Simple mic check to start off. Um, I, I didn't even realize this was our first uh, Twitter space from Osmosis Community Updates. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, from this account. Yes, welcome. Um, thank you for joining us today. I'm Madcat, by the way, laboratory scientist at the Osmosis Support Lab. And uh, with me today is Robo. Uh, Robo, if you could please introduce your, your, yeah, yeah. Hey. yourself. Hey, everyone. I'm Robo. Um, and I'm with the Osmosis Support Lab. Um, can we get uh, can we get Hathor up here as a speaker as well? Of course. So today, if anyone is unfamiliar, we're talking about the new proposed um, way to distribute internal incentives. Uh, and Hathor and Chaos Labs uh, have been doing a lot of research and development on a algorithm that will optimize and hopefully reduce the amount of incentives that we're paying to some pools. It could be said that we're overpaying, but I'll let the experts speak more on that. Um, Can we get to get Miles up here as a speaker as well? Yep. And I think we're still um, waiting on a couple other people to, to kind of pour in. Um, I think is is Hathor up as a speaker. I invited. Oh, I have to send it again. I invited Hathor. Um, yeah. Hi. This is Tog. Um, I think this is Mad Cat's first space um, managing it. So give us a moment to work through the technical difficulties. Yes, please, and thank you. <laughs> You're doing great, by the way, Mad Cat. Thank you. Um, I'm uh, I'm chatting with Hathor now. It looks like we're okay. having a little bit of trouble getting him up as a speaker. Okay, I'm I am a speaker now. Yay! Welcome. There we go. Yay! Perfect. Um, so I think a good starting off point, uh, Hathor. I know you had a couple of things that that you wanted to chat about. Um, you know, related to some pain points that you're seeing with the proposal. Um, but maybe you could just kind of briefly give us a background for people who are, are unfamiliar um, with the proposal itself and uh, just kind of a quick, quick intro. Sure, let's do that. So let me give like a high level overview. As most of you know, every day, Osmosis pays our LPers in Osmos at the epoch time in return for like providing liquidity to certain LPs that are whitelisted by the community. The pain point as a community that we've been running into is figuring out how many Osmos to give to LPers in general, and then amongst each LP, how much to give them. So currently, we have a like V1 incentives model that's in place that you know Johnny Wallace has been working on for a while now, along with some people in the V1 working group that you know has our different categories, and we're just giving up the Osmos accordingly. We started cutting the total number of Osmos going to the LPs over the last half a year. I think now like 70% of the Osmos that are slated towards LPs actually go to the community pool. Topic for a different point in time. Um, what we're trying to address here is how do you 
take something like an incentives program and properly measure its performance as well as solve this issue of how much to give an incentives. Because you have to think of, let's think of the two extremes, right? You could say, why well, pay for liquidity and have no incentives? But if you have too little liquidity, then you won't have volume on your DEX because there'll be too much slippage for traders. And then people just won't use the DEX portion of osmosis. Um, on the flip side, if we just hand out all the osmos, there's only so much TVL we can get realistically. And you face the inflationary pressure of just handing out a lot of osmos every day to our LPs. And also, you, you don't need infinite liquidity, right? You only need so much liquidity to support what's going on in your decks. Like more liquidity is nice to have in general and are opposed to a high TVL, which we can talk about later on. But if people are trading, you know, $10 a day in an LP, you don't need $10 million in that LP. It just doesn't make sense. So we needed a solution that sort of understood those nuances and would be just based on the data that we have available to us, trying to figure out, well, what's a good, healthy or minimum or target, whatever you want to call it, TVL for each individual LP, which is what this optimizations program does. It's an optimizations program because it's an optimization problem. It's how it's framed. So we come up with constraints, which we'll talk about a bit more later, that basically say every LP that's incentivized must meet this thing, whether it's like some kind of slippage at a certain trade size or later with things like Mars Protocol, if they have a certain token liquidity that's necessary, the community could say, okay, we want to ensure that our incentivized LPs are holding the required number of tokens so that we can have you know, large amounts of lending on Mars. And we define those constraints. And then we say, what is the TVL that each LP needs at a minimum? And then we take our incentives to each LP and say, well, if we have more TVL than we need, we can reduce incentives. We have less TVL than we need, we can increase incentives. So this isn't about cutting incentives necessarily. Right now, the numbers kind of look like that because the Adam Osmo pool, which was our first ever pool, has just drawn a lot of liquidity and we pay for a lot of liquidity, but it doesn't have the like dominance and trading volume on osmosis that it used to have. Um, first, we had UST and afterwards, you know, Axelar USDC. So Adam's dominance isn't quite what it used to be. And so that pool, which is very large, doesn't really need that much TVL by most metrics. So overall, the numbers show a decrease in incentives, but ultimately this is about two things. One, being able to define how healthy is the liquidity in each of our LPs, each of our training pairs. And two, is the incentives program doing a good job of getting healthy liquidity for all of our LPs? Yeah, and so I I think just kind of like at the 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 outset, it's not just about the fact that we notice that, um, like the Adam Osmo pool, for example, is way overfunded. Um, there are some pools that under this analysis would be underfunded as well. Is that is that correct to say? Yeah, I think it's about a dozen or so pools mm -hmm. at the moment, and it should be noted like the numbers are based on trading data over the last 90 days as well as like liquidity data so those like those target liquidity numbers will change over time and so if a pool like gains in trading then it could go from underfunded to like overfunded or vice versa just depending on how the liquidity numbers shift as well as the trading volume there are a bunch of pools if you go and look at the dashboard um, the incentives optimizations dashboard you can see there's a handful of lps that have smaller liquidity than they need. And I think it's like a dozen or so that would need like slight increases in incentives as we try to approach like healthier liquidity levels. Perfect. And and kind of one of the pain points I'm noticing with it, this so far that it seems like people are having some difficulty kind of get, wrapping their heads around is ideally the um, the incentives model or like the liquidity is kind of targeted at creating a mechanism in which traders of a certain size will experience less than 1% total slippage. Um, can you kind of expound on that a little bit? Because I've, I've, I've noticed some people saying, for example, like, oh, hey, I'm, you know, um, 
if I make a 5,000 USDC trade in a pool for Osmo, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to suffer 1% slippage, like, you know, $20. That's, that's not actually the case, right? Can you kind of sort of expound on, on what that aspect of things means? Sure. So the idea is we take one of the larger size trades that occur in an LP. So for that 1% slippage, I've chosen the 95th percentile. So the swap that is larger than 95% of trades that occur in that LP. And I said, that swap will have 1% slippage. And we calculate our target TVL accordingly. Now, something I should say regarding some of those numbers is like data science is very interdisciplinary as a field. And at the end of the day, like we're all end users. And if you're a trader on osmosis and you're like 1% slippage is too high, this includes the swap fee, by the way. Um, and you're like, I don't want to, like I wouldn't trade at 1%, then we can pick a different number and we can set target TVLs accordingly. 1% is probably in the like, I'll say the easiest shorthand way to calculate it is to go look at the target liquidity number or the current liquidity number. And if you divide it by, I want to say the number is 400, then you should get a rough estimate as to what that is. And if you look on the front end, so if like a pool has like $100 million in TVL, like, you know, go divide that by 400, um, you know, I think that's 250 grand. And you can go to the like front end and try to make a trade for that size and go check the price impact. And like, that's the number plus the swap fees that we're referring to. Roughly, I believe, I believe the front end does shows it the same way as I do. And it might be a little off because they might like separate the swap fees and the price impact. But that's a that's a good way to just like rough estimate it. Is look at the target TVL, look at our current TVL, sort of find a ratio. So if our current TVL is double, then take your usual swap size, double it, put it in the front end, and say, well, what's my price impact look like? And that's probably a good rough estimate for it. Maybe I could like put up a calculator somewhere so people could see what their uh, expected slippage at certain swap sizes are. And ultimately, like to the earlier point, if people are like, no, I think we should push for a lower slippage number, even for the 95th percentile of swaps, that is a, you know, it's an easy configuration change, which to make a broader point is something I want to bring up. It's like the big reason why I put this on Commonwealth and was like, let's have a discussion as a community about this is because the the way this works is like there's a bunch of different parameters and things that can be changed that are like easy, quick changes. So if the community like feels strongly or has preferences towards certain things like slippage, like slippage expectations for traders, et cetera, et cetera, um, we can, you know, those are like quick changes. And we can look at the numbers and we can sort of pick like to an extent, like sets of expectations that go with what users think are reasonable. Like these liquidity constraints, as I call them, are very much like business logic pieces. Like you guys don't need a background in mathematics or statistical analysis to say, I think, you know, 95% of trades, like everybody who is not a whale should have this much slippage or less is basically the statement I was making there. Um, you know, if you have a different opinion and the community feels strongly that the number should be higher or lower, that's fine. Uh, in the Adam Osmo and USDC Osmo pool, those 1% slippage marks are in the like few thousand dollars, it should be noted. So keep that in mind. Like nobody's saying you'll face 1% slippage trading $100 in either of those LPs. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the areas where that uh, kind of a calculator that you mentioned might be really helpful because um, it even kind of took me off guard the other day when we were going through that example with the 5,000 USDC swap into Osmo, where basically like even with $5,000 of, of a swap, which probably is, is still a little bit on the higher end for most swaps, if I had to guess without looking at the numbers, um, you know, that you go from like a price impact of, 0.04% to 0.08%. It's like a $2 difference and, and you keep the same swap fee. Um, so it's, you know, the impact on the vast majority of Osmosis traders, it seems like it's going to be pretty low. Um, and then, you know, approaching that 1% marker as, as your uh, swap size increases. 
Yep. I think it'll be, I think people are seeing the target like slippage number and going, Oh no, like I don't want to pay that. That's not what I pay now. I think maybe a calculator or just on the dashboard, I'll talk to KS Labs being like, here is the swap size in US dollars that would have roughly 1% slippage just so that people can see. I think it's like, it's over 10 grand in the USDC Osmo pool. I'm pretty sure I'll double check that. Like, it, you know, it, it's a number most people are not trading. Um, in a research paper, I show like a histogram, like a tally of uh, swap sizes in these LPs. Most people, and this is not including our bots for a variety of reasons, like are not trading more than a couple of hundred dollars in a single swap. Um, if you're trading a few thousand dollars, like you're still accounted for, like you're still going to get a relatively low slippage if people think we need to make that an even lower slippage. Again, like that's a discussion we can have, but I think let me get the data and the numbers out to everybody in a publicly available way so we all have an idea of what the 1% slippage mark looks like. And then we can like proceed with the conversations from there. Yeah, and I think for, for USDC Osmo um, in particular, it'd be closer to like, I think we were talking yesterday, closer to like 125,000, wasn't it? Just to, to clarify, because I think for 5,000. Um, yes, I think we were, we were like, that's a bit of napkin math, right? But I think, yeah, yeah. yeah we're saying it's either like 75,000 or 125,000, one or the other. I forget the exact number it came down to, but it, it's a fairly high number. Um, it is higher than most people are trading. It's a 95th percentile swap, right? Like it, it is higher than the vast majority of people are trading at any given time. Um, and it's a trade that you're probably, if you make it, you're not making it that often. And what'll be interesting to see when we get our, like, what's it called? TWAMM, like scheduled trading where like larger swaps can be broken down into smaller pieces. It'll be interesting to see how that impacts the distribution of swaps. And if we'll see less of this like extreme, not extreme, but this like end set of like large swaps that are significantly larger than most swaps. Like the whales who come and trade, you know, half a million dollars in a single swap, will that be broken down into, you know, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollar swaps? Yeah, and, and concentrated liquidity should even help further with that, I would imagine, just to um, you know, accommodate larger trades. Um and this this kind of uh, I, I know it's it not specifically accounted for right now, but the incentives mechanism itself is adaptable to concentrated liquidity, if I understand it right. All right. So the idea is like we have like the incentives mechanism, like the way I've been making the constraints now is we pick a swap size, we pick a slippage, we see how much TVL we need with concentrated liquidity. Uh, you know, it goes from like broadly TVL to like TVL within a price range, but the general concept still holds. Concentrated liquidity will be interesting because we have Mars Protocol as well now from an incentives like optimization standpoint, because on one hand, concentrated liquidity allows us to have less liquidity in an LP to reach slippage levels that we have deemed desirable. But on the other hand, if Mars Protocol is really successful on osmosis and there's a lot of lending, then they're going to require like higher token liquidity levels. So it'll be interesting to see how much of the capital efficiency of concentrated liquidity we get to utilize in the long run if the lending program on Mars is very successful and we end up needing to actually have that be the constraint that defines our liquidity levels, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And uh, actually kind of a good segue into my next uh, pain point that I've been noticing um, with, you know, people discussing this incentives mechanism. Um, people are looking at the the dashboards uh, created by Chaos Labs and noticing what the total target liquidity levels are. Um, and it's, you know, obviously significantly less than what we have now. Um, I know that that's, you know, um, to an extent is based on the current market conditions, but 
Um, can you can you just kind of speak to maybe why um, why that is, and also the um, you know the way that we might see this change as the market changes, especially as you said with Mars Protocol, um, and then just general more bullish sentiment. Sure. So let's break this down into a few parts. First, right, we have you know bear market conditions, um, volume is down, size of trades are down in terms of U.S. dollars. Right. And so the liquidity levels we need are lower. In some cases, they might be surprisingly lower. There are some LPs whose target liquidity levels are 90% lower than what they currently are. Now, there's something I'd like to note regarding that. Um, one, we, it is highly unrealistic we would ever hit those target TVL levels for a couple of reasons. And actually, it's a point where I'm about to just go rename them to minimum liquidity levels because I think it's it's just causing confusion. It might just be a misnomer on my part. One, like we're going to gradually decrease or increase incentives every month. So it would take a while. So there's plenty of time for market conditions to improve. Two, uh, there are swap fees that are going through these LPs. And if you took the Adam Osmo pool and you cut its liquidity by 80%, let's say, you wouldn't retain all the volume, right? You might lose like 20% of volume. Uh, that's because there's a diminishing return on the gains in volume from increasing liquidity. We can go into that later. But let's say you, you drop liquidity by 80%. You drop the volume by 20%. Your swap fee APR is going to go from like 3% to like 15% or something. Um, it's still going to be a significant increase in swap fee APRs, which would make it harder to like reach an equilibrium there. Also, there's like stagnant liquidity in these LPs, like users who just aren't active anymore, have never unbonded. Um, there's a there's just a variety of different investors who have different like APR levels that they're willing to LP at. Um, it's just not practical that we'll ever actually go that low on some of these larger LPs for a variety of reasons. The goal isn't to get there. The point is generally to say we are far above the liquidity level we need and we're paying like 26,000 osmos a day to the LPers in the Adam Osmo pool as an example so like we can afford to pay them a bit less and at each iteration see how liquidity levels change like let me give you guys some context we had our UST Luna collapse um we started cutting incentives right we've cut like incentives by I think 70% from the third thing Till now, through the work that Johnny Wiles has been doing, okay, and liquidity in the Adam Osmo pool, in terms of like number of GAMs, is down. I think fifty percent. Like the token has gone from like I think it was like five dollars at that point to a dollar, and incentives are significantly lower in that LP than they used to be, and we've only lost half the liquidity. Like there is a there is a stickiness to liquidity and i know it's weird to say that because half of you might be liquidity providers and sometimes we just have to put on our protocol hat and think as a protocol but we don't need to pay twenty six thousand osmos a day we can get away with paying less and in the long run we're not going to walk away with like you know 11 million dollars in the adam osmo pool unless market conditions somehow get worse knock on wood they won't find a way to get worse but Realistically, we're not going to do $11 million. It's just not happening, barring some kind of just very downward turn in osmosis sentiment, along with a variety of other things. And if TVL starts to get too low, we can always turn around and increase incentives, or we can just maintain incentives as they are now if the community is like, no, no, I'm like terrified. Let's not do anything. That's totally fine. We could just go into a maintenance mode. There is literally a maintenance mode already written into the code that just slightly increases incentives where liquidity is on a downward trend and otherwise leaves incentives alone. Um, so we could totally just go into maintenance mode if the community doesn't want to touch GPLs. And that's something I put in a Commonwealth post. And please like go into the Commonwealth post. Let me know like if you'd rather just play it really safe right now or if you're okay with the continued adjusting of incentives. Yeah, great. That was that was great. Um, 
Sorry, I had a, a couple other questions jotted down here. Um, I, have, I have one, too, if I can jump in real quick. Yeah, go ahead. If we haven't touched on this yet, pardon me, but with all the incentives that we're saving on per day, per month, per year, whatever, these, these are automatically getting routed to the community pool or has something else been discussed that I missed? Um, so there are some discussions about reducing emissions overall and whatnot so that incentives don't go to the community pool. On that topic, I do want to touch on it briefly. You know, as we all love to say in blockchain, code is law. Um, that has its pros, that has its cons. You know, its pros is that you know, things that happen in code are law. There's not much you can do about it. The con is that sometimes you face technical limitations. I'm not reducing incentives because I want to put more Osmos in the community pool. I know some people don't want more Osmos in the community pool. The Osmos go to the community pool because the way the code is written right now, that is just the simplest thing to do. You know, and for a variety of reasons, it's not really worth it to like, you know, go ask the dev team to go, you know, come up with a, a burn mechanism for the extra emissions, right? Because we can just change the emissions number. Um, we can shift the distribution of emitted Osmos so that let's go to LPs. There, you know, there's a variety of things we can do. Um, the community pool will receive all the excess Osmos as of now, just as it has since we started changing incentives like six or so months ago. But, you know, we can definitely just change the emissions number or change the distribution of emissions if that's what people in the community want to do. I just don't mm -hmm. want that discourse to get tangled up in this discussion because while the number of Osmos that go to elf peers sets a cap for like the incentives program, it's not something that's like directly decided by this incentives program. I see it as like the community should give a budget to the incentives program and to the community pool and to everything else. And then like, I'll, I'll optimize from there, but like, I, I can't stop the flow of Osmos to the community yeah. from LP. Anything else would have to be another debate because then you're talking about changing the total supply and et cetera. Yeah, and I believe White Marlin and uh, Johnny Wiles have been working on it and we're kind of close to something that could go on chain, I want to say. We'll see. But it's just not something that can be addressed from here unless you just want to hand out more Osmos to LPers because that's, that's the only alternative right now it's to the community pool or it's to the lps and you know like as i'm trying to show we can pay less so i, I don't know if it makes sense to pay more on the principle of not giving the osmos to the community pool so it'd be fair to say then that this incentives optimize optimization model is sort of agnostic to whatever the supplier whatever we decide to do with the excess incentives that we save Yes. It could go to the pool, we can burn it, we can decide to do something with it at a later time. But yeah. Okay. We can do whatever we want with it. This is agnostic to that. At some point, if the incentives that we need to like maintain like our minimum healthy liquidity levels is less than or more than the incentives that are emitted, there may be a discussion of like, do we want to shed some LPs from our list of incentivized LPs? Do you want to just give slightly less incentives to every LP? Like in a third thing or two, especially depending on how we change the emissions now, which is something I really should keep in mind for like four or five months from another third thing. So you don't want to trim too much from the budget because in a third thing, we might be like, oh, we don't have enough incentives now to give city LPs of all these pools. We just added a bunch of new incentivized LPs as well. So like, do we then go back and increase emissions? We have to be mindful of that. But overall, this is this is agnostic of that. I think it's the best way to handle this. Like, let them just be two separate topics of discussion. Keep in mind the need for LP incentives when you go to change the emissions numbers, but don't worry about the nuances of like where, how we divvy up the LP incentives. You know, just decide what you want that number to be when you're over there working on the emissions distribution stuff. Awesome. Fascinating. And even though this is this is an algorithm-based model, it still adheres to the osmosis vision of being customizable. So we can 
human, like we can have a human intervention. We can have social consensus and decide to change certain parameters that are customizable. Is, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. There's, there's room for you know, humans in the loop, as they say, like there are parameters that we can tune. There are just sort of like pieces of business logic, like external incentives matching and whatnot. There's no like mathematical ideal external incentives matching. In theory, you could go try to find it. And there's a couple of ways you could define it. But at the end of the day, it's like, if the community is like, no, nah, let's not match those anymore. Or, yeah, let's match them, but you know, 10 cents to the dollar or a quarter to a dollar. Um, it doesn't really like need intensive like algorithmic work. Like that's just something the community can discuss amongst themselves and give as input. Okay. And uh, maybe just to jump in here, Heather, would you say like the, it's it's also kind of up to the community to decide which sort of constraints should be added? Like I I think of that, like the concern came from one of the um, the Mars product uh, product members um, around. Okay, you know this is this is great for you know, this target TVL reflects you know what traders need to experience minimal slippage, but this doesn't not, you know, align to the needs of say Mars protocol. Um, now Mars, we know will be, you know, a, a very big component of, of osmosis in the long run, but definitely not going to be the only, uh, you know, ecosystem application that launches alongside the AMM. Um, so would you say, you know, another, another area like, for monitoring and, and for, you know, community input is around which future constraints to add, whether it's, you know, say like a PERP protocol or an options protocol that needs, you know, different sort of liquidity needs. Yeah, I think that's a big place for community discussion because you have to find a balance between like enabling growth of those protocols and like what is the value of those protocols to osmosis because we're, we're, we're paying to fund the liquidity, right? So we have to be able to say like, well, what's the, you know, either direct kickback of value to our token or our token holders, or like, what is the growth of volume we're seeing in our you know, ecosystem that sort of like kicks back to us and then you know, decide how to do things from there accordingly. So I think there'll be some interesting room for discussion. Again, especially in the long run, when we get concentrated liquidity, because what we'll find is that the DEX portion of osmosis, if all goes well as concentrated liquidity, will not need a lot of liquidity to host trading volume. And our apps that come on here, our DeFi apps like Mars, you know, perps and options, will probably need far more liquidity than concentrated liquidity would require due to its built-in efficiency. So, you know, it just becomes a question of like how far are we going to go to fund those things? Like where exactly do we see the line between here's a healthy amount of incentives that add to these LPs to make sure that we have a lot of lending on Mars versus like, uh, it, should we pay $200,000 a day so that people can lend? And I think for the most part, yeah, we should pay more incentives so that these DeFi apps work well because they'll draw volume. It'll just be a question of like, where's the gray area of like, how much funding exactly is worth like putting in and things of that nature. So it'll be cool to see once they all launch how that kind of plays out. And it'll definitely be a big place for community input and discussion. As a, as a corollary to that, um, the, like the onboarding process for new pools. Um, I mean, you know, first I would assume that not all of these, like not every pool is going to be incentivized by default. Um, under this mechanism, and that would that would still kind of remain like a community curated process. So, are we basically sticking with the um, you know incentives onboarding proposal process under this? Yes, as of right now, that's the plan. Um, there's always a a gray area, and that's a place of community input as well of like how much autonomy you want to give like your entities on a protocol. Um, you know, like myself and like Chaos Labs, who are here as well, we'll be working on, uh, you know, just fine-tuning the optimization model and things of that nature. And, you know, we could provide assistance in the selection of incentivized LPs. We could do the selection, I suppose. But I feel like the community generally likes choosing which LPs are incentivized. So 
if you know we can just leave that in the hands of the community it's it's a trade-off between like efficiency slash effectiveness of like um having a, a small target group work on something versus uh just accessibility to the entire broader community and i think the broader community enjoys having access to picking what's incentivized so i I think it makes sense to just sort of leave it in the hands of the broader community as of right now, unless the community feels, I guess, differently. I mean, I could, sorry to interrupt Robo. Um, I, I could definitely see, you know, the community wanting something to research on the, the best way to um, provide incentives, right? Um, but I do think the community to your point, Hathor actually does like voting on um, which pools get what incentives, et cetera, et cetera, because, you know, it feels, it feels like you're a part of the process of, you know, uh, increasing the ecosystem in some way. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's one of the funner things about our governance, just like watching people put up like assets that they want to see incentivized in an LP and just like having those discussions, uh, you know, occasionally we unlist or delist assets from our incentivized list. We have all those discussions and it's cool to see uh, everybody get involved in that because there's definitely times where I've seen proposals or discussions of like, let's remove this LP from the incentivized list and people will come out of the woodworks to be like, no, I really like this token. Like don't disincentivize it. And I think you lose that sort of, organic engagement and discussion about like who is supporting and backing these assets and like how much the community cares about them if you like put it in the hands of a small working group and that's you know I, that's something i wouldn't want to lose out on because there's a lot of like different cosmos assets that get their sort of bootstrap liquidity and like their chance to try and draw traders and like just having liquidity is important for any asset to succeed and Cosmos assets succeeding obviously is a big help for a Cosmos DeFi platform. So I, I feel like it's good to just let, you know, just every member of the community come in and like vouch for and debate for their like tokens that they want to see receive incentives in an LP. Will this discussion be happening um, on common on the Osmosis Commonwealth under the liquidity incentives? In terms of which LPs incentivize? Yeah. I think we'll just keep them where we have them right now. I think that's liquidity incentives. Uh, Johnny would know better than me in terms of where we keep the proposals for which LPs to incentivize or not incentivize. Um, I think the way I envision this is like the Commonwealth thread for the optimization program will just hold like the general discussion on the optimizations. If people want some kind of research or metrics to help them with deciding which LPs to add to the incentives program. Um, I can provide those probably like a dashboard or API endpoint on my site. And then we can just have that for reference and then people can use it. And then maybe I'll just put up like a Commonwealth thread about it. Uh, we just gotta see what everybody like thinks and sees and like what they wanna know in particular before I can say exactly where we put things. And I yeah, was just, also wondering yeah. if the dashboard is set up to show all the parameters that are mm, customizable. Uh, so Chaos Labs has like, if you go to their dashboard and see incentives recommendations, there's mm -hmm. like a methodology link at the top. And then you can click it. And then there they're showing the step-by-step -step explanation of everything. And at the top, there's a list of the parameters, which is like the time frame, how many days back we look when doing our analytics. like the tapering factor of like how much you can change uh, the incentives in LP and a single like monthly adjustment proposal, what the actual liquidity constraints are, are we matching external incentives? If so, like what is the, you know, cents per dollar in matching to do? Uh, a couple others as well. I'm not recalling off the top of my head, there's like 12 parameters or something, but they have a really nice, like just methodology doc. And it, that's, um, right at the top of the dashboard where the incentives are. Okay, beautiful. And I was just going to add, um, you know, to the, the previous conversation around whether or not this, you know, should 
inform whether we you know provide incentives at all um to new pools i think you know that that decision can be left in the hands of the community but i i would want to add that you know the data that this model outputs can be used to help you know make more informed decisions like if we see that a pool that hasn't received a, you know any incentives yet right maybe just relying on external incentives has a tvl that is well below its its target liquidity um you know i, I think that that's one example of you know where this model can help inform you know what the community should do um in terms of you know potentially adding them to the incentive set or not um so yeah i think it, it can it can be a little bit of both where this model helps but at the end of the day the community gets to you know retain that decision yeah i think there is a, a bunch of data that the community would find useful to know a good example i know talking to Rosmo about this is like the directionality of swaps like there are lps both incentivized and not incentivized where it's like the selling of one side of that lp is some you know very very significant amount of the volume like far more than most other lps right where it's just like this lp exists for the selling of this token and you know there's always a variety of reasons of why that might occur um and like things like that are examples of like data points that community might want to know when deciding to incentivize something and you could look and see like oh the target tvl of this lp is you know above its current tvl but i see it's a lot of people just selling one side of the pair do we really want to like incentivize and grow that liquidity because in the same way that like individual pools get il and permanent loss right the decks as a whole kind of accrues il right like we lose and gain liquidity of tokens as their prices change because you know the way il actually happens in an lp is like people come and buy one token and sell the other and change the ratio so obviously that's going to sum up across all the uh all the lps like there will be less osmos in our liquidity pool if the osmo price surges because the surging is you know people buying the osmos and so that's going to happen to individual lps as well as the decks as a whole so if you see an lp where it's just about like a lot of selling of one token there's a question of like, do we really want to carry that liquidity around? That makes sense. So there's a lot, but I mean, that's just an example of a nuance. And I think there are some nuances that it would be cool to like put together a couple, put it up and be like, here's what um, defines sort of like nuances in LP activity to consider when incentivizing things. And then just allow the community to like decide from there how they want to address and handle those nuances. Fascinating. So this is this is giving the community even more nuanced control over incentives and, and more sounds like more public transparency on behind like how pools are being used potentially. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I think the ultimate end goal is like there's some math and like analytics that I like I'm calculating along with Chaos Labs, like that for the community and then we're presenting it to you guys. And ultimately, there's a lot of transparency here. Uh, you know, we're going to get to dashboards to the point where it's like somewhat regularly updating. So you can go and see the numbers and the shift in numbers. And you can say like, oh, okay, like I see where this is going. Like I like this. I don't like this. Here are the concern points are like, oh, maybe let's not incentivize this LP. Like if it's going to cost us this much or like, hey, like can we add like this other LP? I think it has good trading volume too. Like I think it's similar to this pool that we already incentivized and could like really you know benefit from the growth et cetera, et cetera. like i want this to be fairly transparent such that like not just transparent but like the other side is i kind of want to simplify it to a bit like we have a good incentives program now it's just there's a lot of like layers and mechanisms and i kind of want to get to the point where like any random member of the osmosis community anybody who's looking up osmosis and reading about the incentives program could just say like oh the incentives are increased or decreased based on if the liquidity of the LP is above or below this like minimum healthy liquidity, which is calculated based on like swap data and like liquidity trends. Like I wanted to like, I gotta think of this like simpler tagline. I'm gonna find Ambrosmo and ask him to like, write me a two sentence tweet <laughs> defining the optimizations program. But it'd be nice to just get like a, the program itself for incentives is like simple, enough that it's accessible to 
the vast majority of the community, right? Because it it's sort of like it's a trade off. Like it's nice to have Johnny like sit there and like go into the nuances and figure out how to do the incentives or have me do that, you know, or have Chaos Labs or everybody else. You know, we have Flipside Crypto helping out in the V One Working Group, Red Rabbit, et cetera, et cetera. But there's the trade off of the other side of like, does the average LPR who's getting these incentives understand why he's getting he or she's getting the number they're getting and what the trend of incentive shifts is going to look like? And if we can get to the point where people understand it, it also just helps get more rational and like capital efficient decisions from people, right? You know, if you look at the dashboard and you're like, Adam Osmo is very overfunded. I see Crow Osmo is a bit underfunded. I like Crow. You know, I have some Adam Osmo. I'll unbond from Adam Osmo and I'll go over to Crow Osmo because I can see, you know, that's the direction we want to shift incentives. So like, I'm going to go over there kind of thing. Like that would also be a nice pro. It's just easy accessibility for everybody. And that allows our LPers to like make decisions and shift around without feeling like they have to understand all the data, delta risk and the ILs and everything else. It's just numbers go up here, numbers go up there. I'm going to go over here where they need me. Fascinating. Um, I'd just like to remind everyone real quick that this is an AMA. So if you do have any questions, um, feel free to raise your hand and we can bring you on up to speak. And to that point, Hathor, really quickly before Robo steps in, um, I do want to say that like education and financial literacy of what's happening is paramount in my eyes on how can we make this approachable for not just you know, a crypto native person, but a lay person as well. Yeah. And I mean, people want to, um, you know, people want to make LP strategies and it's kind of hard to do if you can't reasonably anticipate where, like where funds are going to be moving. Um, so I think, you know, in that sense, like having a tapering mechanism, like the one that's being proposed of, you know, 10% per month, um moves things slowly enough that people can say okay well i can kind of set this and forget it for a few months and and you know that helps encourage sticky liquidity as well um can we can we chat really quickly about the savings here um i think that you know i i had made a thread on this recently and i, I mentioned that um you know we'd be saving about 5300 osmo per day um in incentives which you know, uh, napkin math comes out to about $1.9 million uh, annually um, in incentive savings from this. Uh, what I may have neglected to mention is that's that's really only the the savings in month one. Um, is that is that right? Yeah. So the idea is like instead of weekly incentive adjustments, we'll do monthly incentives adjustments where like every month will shift. So like the current numbers right now, I think it's like we would reduce the overall incentives by 5,300 Osmos a day. And then the next month will come and the overall incentives might be reduced even further to be a greater like net savings. You know, again, like in the long run, like it might go from like this net savings number might decrease as we increase incentives and other LPs to match market conditions. But to start off, it will be a net saving, which is nice to have because it's you know, community funded to research. So like the research paying for itself is always nice. You know, like all these dashboards and everything paying for themselves in a few months. It is very nice. And then, you know, from there, it's like you get the savings and you get the like peace of mind of like we have easily accessible KPIs for like how is the DEX performing in terms of liquidity levels? How is the incentives program doing in terms of like its efficiency? Like we're paying X dollars of incentives for Y dollars of liquidity, which hosts Z dollars of volume. And, you know, you could just look at that. Look at that over time in the long run. Over the next few months, I'll try to find like a nice, simple way to kind of show that to people. And that way we can just say like, I, you know, we have a way of measuring DEX performance. We have a way of measuring incentives performance. Like those two things are invaluable. And we're doing it with a net savings. That's great. I mean, to me, I think that's great. Yeah, less, less downward pressure on Osmo is always great for me too. <laughs> Um, uh, Madcat, do we have anyone with, uh, with hands up for questions? We do not. I do not see any. I had a question. Do we have a, oh, wait, we do have a request. Uh, Mike Loyal, um, come on up. 
you have a question, please feel free to speak. Welcome, welcome. Mike, did you have a question? Oh, I'm sorry. It goes quiet, I think, for a few seconds when it switches over. So I didn't know I had the floor. Anyway, this is really helpful. Oh, good. You know, I really appreciate this. And uh, as a new chain coming on and launching really this month, you know, we're just taking a look at this. And we've been obviously keeping tabs on things, you know, throughout the last year as we've been building. But I haven't really focused on, okay, well, at some point we got to get pools and we got to kind of, you know, um, have this be available for the community. Uh, since we're going to be onboarding people from Web 2 into Web 3, they really need to be able to get places <laughs> and not be stuck just in our little ecosystem. So I don't want to take over the call. I just had a quick question. If there was any particular path or anyone in particular that you'd recommend that we could kind of just, uh, that helps or works with new chains, we don't want to end up being some chain that people look at and go, oh, they're the ones taking all the incentives or they're the ones who aren't getting any incentives. And so we just want to do it right. And if there's any advice or anything that you would give, again, we don't take up this call, you know, it'd be greatly appreciated. I would say, so we do the like selection of LPs for incentives, you know, through community discussion. So I think the best thing to do is sort of like, just find ways to introduce yourself to the community, the Cosmos community in general, and like, get yourself out there um you know make your chain fund the creation of dlp you know as a foundation like put in some liquidity you know just to like have some money in the lp yourself and just have that initial liquidity get some trading volume there and then just go and say hey like you know you want incentives like this is who we are this is what we do um we already have like started up the initial liquidity you know for this lp ourselves like just showing that you have some money in the skin like we'd like incentives and then you know, hopefully the community likes what you're doing, and, you know, appreciates your efforts and, you know, they'll incentivize you. Like we've generally have been good to, we've been kind to like newer chains with providing those initial incentives. So I wouldn't worry about it too much as long as you're just kind of like coming out, putting yourself in the community and definitely like creating your own LP and putting your own initial like liquidity into that LP and like hosting the trading volume at first. That way you can sort of come and say, like, we've made this LP, we have this liquidity, like, the volume, you know, we could use some bootstrapping here to draw even more volume. And then I think you'll be okay for the most part. It's the community is very broad and wide. It's hard to predict their, their, their thoughts at any given day. I'll tell you that, but generally a nice community overall. So I think you'll be okay. Yeah. The osmosis community is very, um, since, you know, Osmosis community is kind of a unique community in the fact that we're a community around a, a self-serving chain that is dedicated to being a DEX of some kind or, you know, a market maker of some kind, which means we have an influx of people from all types of crypto, NFTs, perpetuals, et cetera, et cetera. So you will find somebody who's interested in what you're doing in the Osmosis community, um, and you might be able to grow that way. To be honest, just put yourself out there, be genuine, you know, don't rub, and you should be fine. Uh, well, thank you. I mean, that, that takes all the pressure off, honestly, because, it, you know, creating a pool in Osmosis is super straightforward. So. Um, whether we get it right or wrong, it's pretty it's pretty easy from our perspective. So that makes it a lot simpler. So we'll just go that path, and then um, yeah, we'll uh, we're going to be at East Denver and have a booth, and so we're just kind of getting uh, the public site out there. So that's great advice. Thank you. Yeah, and if I could just really quick plug a couple of uh, you know spots that would be good to go and kind of chat more with the community. Um, Osmosis Siberia, the Telegram group, is is a great place to meet um, some really invested community members and um, just kind of chat and, and get to know people. Um, the Osmosis Discord is also really great for governance discussions. And, um, you know, uh, I personally, you know, spend a lot of time in the Discord, so find the people there very, very helpful. Um, so that might be a good place to just, you know, jump in and, and meet people and ask questions and have people ask questions about your protocol as well. That's great. Thank you. I'll definitely uh, look at, look at both those. Get into both those. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. Um, been going for almost an hour now. Uh, any more questions? Anyone? Please feel free to raise your hand. We'll bring you on up. Um, 
the meantime, I did have a question. I was wondering if you guys had a target date for going on chain with this proposal. That's a good question. Um, I need to circle back to the OGP and Chaos Labs and see how they feel on their end. So we're probably going to do a circling back on Monday and then see. I haven't gone on chain yet because I'm like, I want to have a discussion and make sure like everybody is in understanding in a good place before I put it up because I don't want to. I you guys know that experience for all osmosis users here. You guys know when something goes on Commonwealth and then like a week later it goes on chain and then everybody's like, bro, what what is this proposal? I'm trying to avoid that. Yeah. I know you've all seen it. Some of you have probably done it yourselves. No shame. We've all done it. Um, like I just don't want that experience. So I'm just trying to like talk here, get a feel of general community sentiment, and then make sure that like when I put this on chain, the response isn't like oh, this was TLDR. I'm not voting on this because I don't know what's going on. So I'm hoping sometime next week, but I don't want to put words in my mouth because I got to double check with Chaos Labs and OGP and see how they feel about it. And if there's anything else they want to do or if they want to come speak somewhere, you know, before we do it. But hopefully next week, I want to okay. say how people all feel right now. I also have a question to follow up that um, Madcat once you're done. No, go ahead, please. Um, so, correct. Um, forgive me if this was already answered. Um, however, our current incentive process requires poor Johnny having to run a Python script that hopefully automatically um, updates um, and puts a proposal on chain. Um, how would these adjustments be made on chain, is it like an automatic proposal like beforehand, or um, is it some sort of contract? Um, and again, forgive me if this was already answered or if the information is clearly somewhere. I just don't ever remember seeing it. Um, I think for right now, we're probably going to start with like a uh, automated, I'll probably manually write the first one and put it up just to be like comfortable with how it looks. And then, uh, probably just have a python script that does the same thing and then just automatically on the first of every month or whatever day we end up doing the first adjustment and then from there like in the long run we could look into things like smart contracts and whatnot i think we gotta go through a few months of like seeing the adjustments and seeing concentrated liquidity and mars protocol um like i think we're in a good place where we could go and start doing adjustments now i don't think we should go into like smart contract on-chain automation until we've gotten a couple of laps in of adjustments. So I think we'll probably be in Python script land for a bit. Okay. Yeah. Maybe if all things go really well, like after we'll go learn some rust in 2024, <laughs> we'll get the smart contract. <laughs> yeah, there's well, um, a lot more Python than he does rust. <laughs> yeah, um, so um, Really quickly then, just to mention, obviously this was due to a grant that was granted by the grant program. Thank you, Miles. Um, so what does, uh, what's the timeline that your grant gave you for the maintenance, the follow-up, the, the basically overwatch of this type of program? Um, and what does that kind of runway look for you? Okay. Um... So let's see. So we just did phase one. I'm going to call it. These are just me calling them phases. This is just like the Hathor internal organization scheme. So the grant duration is like four to seven months. We just did the first three months here, right? And we put it to V1 kind of thing. And then we're going to do like phase two of like making some tinkering, uh, adding in any concerns that the community might have and addressing those as we go up and do the first like proposal. So like phase two starts when this proposal goes on chain and passes right now we're in the like the intermission between phases and that'll go for a couple of months probably as i just like extend this to stable swap or um make some dashboards for what gets incentivized or what doesn't as suggestions this is going to depend on community feedback and some planning with chaos labs and the ogp and that's probably another two to three months i'm guessing and then from there you know, while I'll be doing maintenance all the time. And then from there at some point, and Miles can talk about this more if he's still here, um, we're going to have a working group from like backed by the OGP that like maintains this process like in perpetuity and like makes the adjustments 
as needed. And like, obviously I can be there and do that. Um, but the, there is no like, I guess like concern of like two years from now this will break and you won't be able to find Hathor. Like, don't worry, I'll, I'll be around. And if you can't find me, you can find Emperor. He's really good at finding me. And he's always on Twitter, I know he is. So like, that shouldn't be too hard. Yeah, I think uh, I'll I'll just jump in. I think Heather, you you basically covered it. So you know the the last milestone of the of the grants that we provided, um, you know, back in the fall was basically at the implementation um, of and and the successful governance proposal. Um, so we will have probably a, a new you know smaller round um, of of grants for you know chaos and and Heather, really to cover um the implement the, what we're calling you know phase i don't know 1.5 or phase two um which is the calibration period so this is you know the two one to two months you know after this is approved um you know the governance proposal is approved we'll be adding additional liquidity constraints like something like the mars constraint we'll be you know extending this to stable swap and and, and concentrated liquidity um, and, and this period will involve, you know, a, a high a kind of a we're stepping down the amount of work, but it's still definitely more work, uh, you know, than maintenance mode. Um, so after the calibration period, this will actually, you know, go into effect. Um, and then we'll start to, you know, get down to maintenance mode, which is basically Hather, you know, chaos, um, maybe one or two other community members. You know, basically monitoring the uh, the the metrics that from the AMM, like how is how is liquidity and, and trading volume trending? Um, you know, what other sort of apps have launched on on Osmosis during this time that we might want to incorporate as another liquidity constraint, um, and and making you know ad hoc adjustments as needed. Like maybe we decide to uh, bring the you know loosen up the tapering from 10% to say like 20% per month or per week, um, or, or tighten the tapering to make it less dramatic of, you know, increases and drops on a week to week basis. Um, so that's, that's a general plan. Uh, it would be, you know, kind of a, an ongoing maintenance grant, um, for the calibration period and, and just overseeing, you know, the results and impact of, of the optimization program going forward. Great. Um, any anyone else have any other questions? I know we're we're a little over the hour here, um, but happy to to continue to take some questions if people have any. We don't have any hands. I uh, haven't seen any in a while. I do want to remind everyone to uh, check out the Cobbett Wealth Post. Leave your feedback if you have any. Um, always encourage community participation with this sort of thing. So. Um, yeah. If you don't have the link, it's in uh, my previous. Um, it's in the previous um, announcement post for this Twitter thread. It's on Commonwealth. If you need help finding it, just shoot, shoot us a DM. We'll help you. We're happy to help. Our DMs are always open. Um, but yeah, I don't see any questions, so I think that will wrap it up uh, for today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Hathor, for sharing um and doing all this research and development for the community and providing this tool for us uh it's interesting it'll be interesting interesting to see how the community votes and yeah thank you thank you everyone yes thank you thank you everyone for hosting and uh for coming by really appreciate it and i look forward to seeing your comments on commonwealth and siberia for some of you yep thanks everybody cheers Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was New Osmosis Incentives Model AMA featuring Hathor nodes. Hosted by Osmosis Community Updates. Recorded on Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way Resuscitating major players in the waiting room Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom Slayed a few in my early years, often hit the shroom Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news To let us know what we should believe as the latest truth Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role 
sorting through support from your endorsements. Of course, we're tripping balls, handed reports it. The latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view. Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop. Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good. So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, letting rhythm scratch No shit, spitting facts with my vision smashed Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastising to digging holes in the back nine The latest proof ain't a way to move Change the view Just a bunch of peck of heads Living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner Finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute Then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Two spaces. <laughs>